0: Listener, welcome to Well That's New, the podcast where we go onto the internet, look at Wikipedia, and we learn some stuff. I'm your host, Andrew, and you can call me Grow. and over there in New Jersey
1: is my co-host Aaron, or Mr. Bitches. Yes. Uh, you also forgot to say that we hit the random article button. You random know, article the, button. You know, the premise of our podcast. Whoops. <laughs> but we do go onto
0: Wikipedia, hit the random article, and we, uh, we learn. We learn a lot. Yep so
1: many things
0: <laughs> there's a, there's actually there's actually a lot that I learned that I'm like I didn't need to know that but thank you Wikipedia
1: yeah well if you'd like to get into it I'd love to know what you did want to know
0: uh well mostly it kind of at least today because it's kind of like the beginning of the year ish time so Wikipedia was like oh yeah remember when Betty White died and you were sad I was like god damn it and they're like yeah also Sydney Sid- Portier died it's like
1: I well, actually, I was Please. going to talk about Sidney Poitier at Please. least for a minute, just because. Uh, well, I, me, and you may know know who he is, but just to let let the people know, let the people in on the situation. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let me uh, let me hit that share button. All right. Damn. Well. Yeah. Wh- what what a what a man. Um, so Sidney Poitier, he is—he just passed away, January sixth, twenty twenty-two, at the age of ninety-four. Uh, he was a Baham- Bahamian. Is that how you say it? Bahamian. Uh, bah- Baham. Uh, he's from. Um, he's from Bahamas. He's from the Bahamas. Yeah, bah- 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 Bahamian. 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 Bahamian American. <laughs> he's from the Bahamas. We're, we're, we're starting off real solid, right? We now. We are. Killing it, killing it. Uh, he was the first black person, first Bahamian to win an Academy Award for Best Actor. That's pretty I, important. I did know that, but I
0: didn't know that he was the first uh, Bahamian to win an Academy Award. So there's a twofer.
1: There's, wow, we're we're. Mm. We're doing great. Uh, <laughs> he received two Academy Award nominations, ten Golden Globe awards. Wow. Uh, I'm sorry, Golden Globe nominations, two Primetime Emmy Award nominations, six uh, BAFTAs. Wow. Not nominations, eight Laurel. Well, he. Why are we telling about all the nominations? He, he at least won, you know, the Academy Award for Best Actor. Still, um, that's great. Still, amazing, amazing. Uh, let's see. I remember I heard about this film. Let's see. Uh, he grew up in the Bahamas and he moved to Miami at the age of fifteen, and New York City when he was sixteen. He joined the American Negro Theater, landing his breakthrough film role in a high school. Uh, as a high school student in the film Blackboard Jungle, mm. which, which is a pretty famous movie, um, he starred with Tony Curtis and as chained together escape convicts and the defiant ones. Ooh. Um, very important. Uh, some other famous movies he was in, he, he received a claim for, uh, the 1959 version of Porgy and Bess, which is really good. I've seen that. It's very good. Uh, a raisin in the sun, a patch of blue. I don't know Ooh. those two, but I mean, I've heard of a raisin in the sun, but I haven't seen it. Uh, then he was he was in movies that dealt with race and race relations. To Sir with Love, uh, the very famous. Who guess who's coming to dinner? Oh yeah, and uh, one I particularly love called In the Heat of the Night. Have you mm. seen or heard of In the Heat of the Night? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. No. Uh, fa- a fantastic movie about he he's like an investigator and there's like a murder and they want to pin it on. Like, I think, the one uh, African-American in town. and As you, know, you do. As you do, because it's the 60s. It's the uh, racism. 60, it's the <laughs> racism. I'm sure you're a fan of Curb Enthusiasm, right? Of course. Do, do you remember that there was... I don't know how thoroughly you've watched the show, but there's this part where um, Larry David says, Call me Mr. Tibbs. Oh yeah, that is the second movie that the sequel to In the Heat of the Night because that's the name of the character, uh, Virgil Tibbs. Oh, um, but I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the yeah. Well, there's the quote from this movie. They call me Mr. Tibbs, uh, <laughs> which I just I just love. It's such a serious movie, but like. Mr. Tibbs, what can you say? (laughs) (laughs)
0: That that actually makes it even better because, uh, yeah, Larry Larry David is
1: is very not Mr. Tibbs. He is he is anti-Tibbs in cake, in in complexion. I mean, oh, and also. Oh, I'm sorry. I was
0: gonna say, I, I, I like every time someone brings up Curb, because one of my favorite shows it's just the scene where they're when they miss the flight and they're driving up the coast. And he's like grape pie. You hear about all these other pies, but why no grape pie? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, That's just, amazing.
0: It's one of my favorite scenes, just of any. I, I don't show remember ever. that one,
1: but I, I, I might just have to rewatch the show again and take another ten years off my life from secondhand awkwardness oh my god but that's... i love it but oh. I, love, I love the pain what's the whole thing what are you doing it's crazy
0: i'm doing the best i can you know i i, I I'm, I'm trying to play like slight transvestite slight transvestite yes it's a comfort thing don't add a transvestite level to this uh, oh my
1: god also quincy jones did the soundtrack to india the oh night. that and actually oh it tracks yeah, and, and it, and it, oh, okay. And Ray Charles did, uh, sang on two songs on it. Oh, Ray Charles. Yep. Oh, Ray Brown was on bass. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, and, Carol Kay. And, Carol and, and Roland Kirk. Yeah, he also got Carol Kay on electric bass. Shit. Uh, what a, uh, wow. Yeah, they, if anything, they knew what they were doing on the soundtrack. Shit. Yeah, they got Billy Preston on an electric organ. God damn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you hear the soundtrack as you're watching the movie, you're like, all right this is just bring the. this movie's really great and now it's fantastic because the soundtrack is kicking yeah dang okay they, they really they really uh spared no expense at uh they're like hey we gotta make a big racist movie we gotta bring we gotta bring the best you gotta damn love it yeah so uh yes uh so, let's see uh it was selected for the preservation of the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally historically or aesthetically significant. Uh, so, yeah, I just wanted to give everyone a little a little uh, taste of the career of Sidney Poitier. Uh, Love it. He, he is an important figure, and uh, Very we, should, so. we, we should never forget, you know, the greats, and, you know, yeah, go out there and, you know, Teacher, you know, learn something about film. You know, yeah, and it's important. Yeah,
0: especially like, uh, like a pivotal, a pivotal actor like this who sh- kind of shown the light on uh, race release,
1: uh, race relations through his career is very important. I agree. Absolutely. All right, so why don't you go with your first article? I just wanted to give us a little little taste of the life of Sidney Poitier.
0: I absolutely love it. Well, uh, kind of ironic that we're talking about uh, race relations because we're going to talk now about
1: Abazaba. Have you heard of Abazaba the candy? Abazaba? You, my only friend. Well, the only way I heard of Abazaba is from the movie Half Baked. Yes, sir. They bring it up. <laughs> they do. I, I, I actually tried an Abazaba and almost broke my teeth
0: yeah they are uh well, let's get into it. so Abzeba yeah. is a is a taffy candy bar with a peanut butter center made by the Annabelle candy Company in Hayward, California. Now, uh, it's it's to it's got a creamy kind of peanut butter on the inside and it's surrounded by uh, white taffy and it is quite hard and it is very chewy. Um, I think it's good. But um, according to the Candy Wrapper Museum, the first Abba Zabba bars were manufactured beginning 1922 by Colby and McDermott. And uh, unfortunately, they had a very racially insensitive uh, packaging. Yes. Um, uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's not it's let's just say the pa- I did check check the original packaging and it is uh, is basically to like um like Headhunters from Africa on the... Is is
1: one named Abba and the other one named Zabba?
0: Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. Oh, man. Um, Abba
1: Zabba, you're not my only friend.
0: No, 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 sir. No, sir. Uh, but Abba bars can be found almost exclusively west of the Rockies. Uh, the wrapper features a yellow and blackboard checker taxi pattern. Um, and you can still you can like buy them on the web. They're still uh, around today. Uh, recently, Annabelle has uh, tried to produce an Abba that has an apple flavor taffy. Uh, there's also a new bar that has chocolate. uh
1: and uh, bars are are kosher, so kosher parve. That that basically means you can eat it with fit, with uh, cheese or with meats.
0: So that's the first thing I did was dip it in queso. No, I didn't. Awful.
1: <laughs> dipped it in a hamburger.
0: <laughs> so here are some popular uh, some popular uh, product placements, or this is how it was used in popular culture and the music. The bar was a favorite of rock musician Don, uh, Dan, uh, Don Van Vlay, best known by his stage name Captain Beefheart. Mm-hmm. He uses the bar's name as a song title as Adam Safe as Milk in 1967. Mm-hmm. Uh, artwork on the rear of the album feature also has the checkerboard pattern. Um, Abba Zabba's were also referenced in the vinyl album uh, ch- a child's garden of grass in the early 70s. Abba Zabba's was also mentioned in the 1990 song Chocolate Jesus by Tom Waits. I love that song and I oh,
1: love yeah. Tom Waits. And there's a great, <clears throat> I think it's on some late night show hosts. I'm pretty sure it's uh, maybe Letterman. I don't remember, but he does a really great rendition of it, and he just he looks like a magical, mystical figure because he's like throwing glitter in the air, and he just looks like he just like got pulled out of a coffin. It's yeah. just like <laughs> dust falling off of him. Yeah. Uh, I also just wanted to mention real quick. Yeah. So I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but the album "Safe as Milk," you can also see it for a moment in um, oh, what's that movie? High Fidelity. Oh, it's, right, it's, right, it's, right, right. So right. it's in High Fidelity. There's it's actually there's this guy from this band named U.S. Maple. They're like a uh, like a noise rock avant garde band, and mm-hmm. and uh, they're, uh what's his name? Jack Black is refusing to sell him the album. <laughs> and then, like, someone else walks up, hey, can I buy that? And he just sells it right to him. And he's just like, oh, huh. <laughs> Just because he loves torturing nerds. Um, uh. Yeah, and that's also when Ry Cooter was in the band. Yeah, yeah they afraid... mentioned him. Yeah, he was only on the first album. And then he was <laughs> like, this is too weird for me.
0: Yeah, uh, if you haven't checked out Captain Beefheart,
1: um, not for the faint of heart. No, um, not for the faint of ears, not for the faint. Lucid tentacles test, in enjoined, in, in jointed jade-pointed diamondback patterns. Neon meat dream of a octofish. Artifact on rose petals, in flesh petals and pots. Fact in feast
0: yeah it's um so for those of you that are zappa heads this is like what i consider as somehow worse zappa because i love frank zappa but he has a lot of stuff i don't like and captain beefheart is almost exclusively like zappa i don't like and even the stuff that they did with like napoleon murky broth which i
1: really like napoleon murky broth i it's it's it's, it can be a little tough it is tough but i still like I still like Captain B-Fart. It's definitely... I'm never, like, sitting down and be like, I'm gonna go relax to some Captain B-Fart. N- uh, but Not if relaxing. you just want to sit and just be challenged by music... Right, uh, Well, right, you know what? Right, right. Safe as Milk is actually his easiest to listen to album because it's more, I agree. much more blues-based opposed yeah. to, uh, like, Trout Mask Replica, which is his uh, most famous album, I would say. And that one is... Very hard to listen to, but there's definitely <laughs> some interesting songs on it. I just wanted to bring up High Fidelity. Yeah, just no, absolutely. I, I love that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I always love that Jack Black is torturing a musician that most people wouldn't have heard of over yeah. an album that most people wouldn't have heard. <laughs> uh, we love Jack Black.
0: Uh, God bless. He's um, a good man. Yeah, so there's actually um, how I first heard about Abazabas, uh, believe it or not, and they actually mention it. Uh, where is it? It is the American Dad episode, The Best Little Horror House in Langley Falls, where Toshi dresses up as a samurai for Halloween and kills five serial killers, and then just picks up an Abazaba with a samurai, and goes Abazaba, and takes a bite. And uh, but yeah, I've also seen the episode where they. Um, of the Gilmore Girls where they bring it up. Kirk attributes his candy hangover to Abba's Abba's. Uh, I didn't... I never saw the two and a half men, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Because you
1: shouldn't because it's it's not for human consumption.
0: I mean, it's it's pretty much... Like, it was used in Boardwalk Empire. It was used in the Goldbergs. It was used in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I mean... It's kind of a funny-sounding candy bar, but it's kind of still in the zeitgeist. Yeah. And, uh,
1: yeah, I had to go to, like, an actual candy store to find one. You won't just yeah. usually find one just, like, in, you know, like a CVS or something. No. But even then, I felt like I was just like, oh, I, I've never been so excited and so disappointed by a candy. It's, yeah, it's, I think, I think they're good, but... Mm. But don't you have, I also heard some people, they like to microwave it, just so it, like... Oh, uh, yeah. That, just because the, it's, like, just so tough, like, the taffy is just so... Like, I like taffy, but yeah. it was just so tough. But maybe it was just, like, an old abazab. They're like, I don't know, sell it to the stupid freaking kid. Well, that's
0: actually something that, like, I kinda have, a uh, I I kinda have, like, a, 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 like, I guess a retail boner for, like... Actual candy stores. And I know that's oh, a really yeah. weird thing, no, but like, you never know what
1: you're going to find, and there's something comforting about a candy store.
0: Right, and uh, when I was in Houston this past Christmas, we went to a uh, big mall out in Houston because that's all Houston is—a is giant mall. Am I right?
1: Mm, I guess um, so. I
0: and yeah, we that. went to this like handmade candy store, and they had like uh, they had like a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, but they did have stuff from like all over the world. So they imported some candies. They had some like kind of crazy stuff from all over. Uh, no Abba Zabba's, uh, but they we I didn't shut it down. Down. I did end up spending a lot of money there because it was like we it was like by weight and I stupidly was like oh chocolate cover espresso beans get a lot of those but um I,
1: I, well that reminds me when I was in high school I was I was in a band and we played a local bow the bands and I think we might have won Either, I think maybe second place or first place. I can't really remember. But we got. We, we I think we. It was just me and one other person, so we only had to split two ways. So mm. we each got $100, and we literally nice. went to a candy store and spent $100 on candy each. And it was fantastic. That's like a dream. It was. It was. It might as well have been the movie Blank Check, but with candy. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's so
0: funny you bring up Blank Check because. I just listened to an episode, an older episode of the Doughboys where they did flank check where they like had to name different parts of a cow as like a competition. Fantastic. Shout out to the Doughboys. They're still one of my favorite podcasts. Um, And I'll just wrap it up. As you mentioned, Abba Zabba's were prominently featured in the comedy film Half Baked, one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah and uh John Wayne really liked abazabas so in addition to his uh his colon being full of meat he also uh he also loved abazabas they they were his only friend boom so i'm i'm sharing that with you and please take it away with your next uh with your, with your, with your next uh your next thing my next boy
1: hey hey it's a boy oh <laughs> 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 you know I, I saw
0: dr feldman this past weekend uh-huh. i saw him on friday we got some beers got some wings oh yeah were just like hey oh and it's like i'm glad that that uh i'm glad that it, I,
1: i'm glad that 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 still brings us so much joy just by going hey it it i, I do it probably every day <laughs> even just to myself <laughs> as i'm making myself breakfast just go oh you know the the best is i i I know a
0: guy who like really loves the sopranos and so like every time every time he tells a joke if if nobody gets it he says it again he goes hey don't you hear what i told the guy he (laughs) tells the joke again (laughs) it's just like thank you that's amazing shout out to keegan keegan riley good trumpet player good good guy good 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 steady drinking man Good, good for him um, Ooh, you are now. You are now going to be blowing my mind.
1: Woo! Okay, so Harry Parch. Well, first, so, so he's uh, an American composer, music theorist, and creator of musical instruments. Oh, now, now how I originally heard of this guy was it was like this really like uh, it was like one of these like m- art music arguments online that just like spun out for no reason. Right. So. Originally, there was a song by Radiohead, and it was called Harry Patch, and mm. and Harry Patch was uh, I think he was one of the last surviving people uh, that fought in World War II, at least in England, and whatever they put out the song, and then there's this other band they're called the Fiery Furnaces. They're very they're like a weird indie rock band. like, this doesn't sound at all like Harry Parch. What are you trying And then they like got into an argument online about Harry Parch, which uh, was just like, I don't know. Just, every, wires just got crossed for no reason. Interesting. And, and then Beck, the genius, he's like, well, I'm actually going to put out a Harry Parch tribute, and it is mind-blowing. It's ten minutes long. It Well, one thing about Harry Parch, he's, he was very into... Microtonal music, mm-hmm. um, which for people that don't know, that's like the notes in between the normal notes you would hear on a keyboard or on a piano or you know guitar, whatever. At least
0: in at least in the Western music. Yeah, kind of in, in Western music, yes. yeah, it's more uh, it's more along the lines of like um, Eastern. That's like kind of
1: where Eastern music kind of comes in yes. is that microtonal stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so then Beck's like, you know what? I'm just gonna like. Be a boss and put out a 10 minute amazing song. Like, it's like, it sounds like Beck, but then he'll, like, have parts that are really crazy and microtonal and be like. Whoa. This is mind-blowing stuff. I it. wish he just did a whole album of it and just ruined people's minds. Because Beck is... Uh, you yeah. know, I don't want to talk about Beck's personal life, but, man, he's one of my favorite musicians, you know. Yeah,
0: he's
1: he's pretty he's pretty brilliant. Yeah, it's and he always brings together lots of different genres. But he yeah. was also like, you know, I love trip-hop music, and he got to work with... Um, uh, wow, what's... This? not the Chemical Brothers, because they're more like Big Beat. Um, what's their name? Uh, another part, cut the snout. <laughs> um, they did the soundtrack for Fight Club. Um, oh! <clears throat> it's these two guys. Ugh. Right. It was, I know it was, uh, they, they worked on Odelay. Oh that's a great album. Otley is a, is a perfect perfect album. Um, the Dust Brothers that's it. Oh right 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 right. Um they well they originally got pretty famous cuz they did Paul's Boutique. Uh, right right the <clears throat> very famous Beastie Boys album. But what I also love about them is that they also produced the song Mba by Hanson. Um, you know, we also got to make money. You know um, what? Good for them. That's all and, I have to say. And you know
0: what? Uh, good for good for the Hanson brothers. Um, I Believe it or not, I actually know someone whose cousin is the bassist for Hanson, and they basically like are like, hey, so um, we're going to buy you a house on our Montana ranch, and you have to live here with your family, but everything's taken care of, and you just go in the studio with us and make a lot of money.
1: And I'm like... It's a living. It's a living. Oh, no. Make a lot of money. Gosh. How how dare you? How dare you? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to Harry Parch. So, Harry Parch, um, he, let's see, um, he made custom, he made his own custom-made instruments and uh, tunings uh, in which to play his compositions, and he described his theory and practice in his book. Genesis of Music. And I'm pretty sure cool. he considered himself a uh, what's the right word? Uh he considered himself a a primal musician. Like he uh, he I don't know, considered himself a caveman of music.
0: I mean, um, <clears throat> listen. Good for him. Microtonal microtonal stuff is super outside my kind of purview, so this is, you know, he could he could say whatever he wants about himself. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Parch composed music on scales into an octave of 43 unequal tones. Love it. Uh, derived from natural harmon- I, the Natural Harmonic Series. These scales allowed more tones of s- smaller intervals than Western standard tuning. Just, just to let people know, again, that are not music people, octaves are, if you play one note and then you play a lower note, if it's the same note, but lower, that's a going one octave down. I yeah. don't know. That's the um, easiest way to describe it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't want to I don't want to get into an overtone series, but the overtone series in, in Western music thinking is it's 12 tones. Yes. And there it's all and the, the way that the scale is divided, like on half steps is how you get um, major minor. Um, harmonic minor, things like that, and there's uh, reasons why certain things sound the way they do in certain um, mode series. So basically, this. So, so what uh, Harry Parch did is take instead of you know in the twelve tone series, he's like no no, no forty three tones that all, all is in between stuff. So yeah, that's to kind of to kind of like put that into perspective. That's a really cool thing, and uh, I'm it, it, very. We're blessed.
1: not saying you're gonna want to snap your fingers to it, nope. but conceptually very cool. Yes, very very cool. Uh, encouraged by his mother. Parch learned several instruments at a young age. By 14, he was composing and, in particular, uh, took to setting dramatic situations. Mm. He, dro- he dropped out of uh, University of South California Music School of Music in 1922 over dissatisfaction with the quality of his teachers. Wait, is that T- USC? Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, fight on. <clears throat> fight on. Uh, he took... To self study in San Francisco libraries, where he discovered Hermann von Helmholtz's uh, Sensations of Tone, mm. which convinced him to devote himself to music based on scales tuned in just intonation. What is that? Let's see.
0: Yeah, you just said,
1: intonation. I don't. <clears throat> just yeah. intonation or pure intonation is an attempt to tune all musical intervals as a whole number ratio of frequencies. But this is gonna get us a little too uh, bar down music. But let's just say it's wild stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in nineteen thirty. He burned all of his previous compositions in the <laughs> rejection of the European concert tradition. Listen, it's good for him. Yeah, uh, Parch frequently moved around the U.S. early in his career. He was a transient worker and sometimes a hobo. Later, he depended upon grants, universal, uh, university appointments, and record sales to support himself. Um, Very cool. Yeah, he he was just like. You know, the whole world was going one way. He went the other way in every sense of the word. I mean, but that's I mean, that's that's
0: the whole thing of um, in the grand scheme of kind of Western music and modern music, uh, 20th century stuff is cuckoo fucking bananas. Yeah. And uh, I I basically drop my knowledge almost entirely drops off uh, right after uh, like Claude Debussy. And then mm-hmm. after that. I'm like, I'm so, like, once we get to minimalism, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not here. I don't understand this. So this is all very cool. And, uh, I love it.
1: Yeah. I, I, I like minimalism. I mean, I, I really, well, cause it kind of also coincides with, uh, early electronic music, which I love. Um, yes.
0: Early electronic music is
1: very cool. Very cool. Cause it's also like interesting from a, you know, mu- musician's perspective of using your, uh, studio as your instrument. And messing with frequencies and even I think the most uh, you know popular piece of electronic music is the original um, uh, Doctor Who theme, which I feel like I think we've discussed in the past. Yes. Um, Yeah. So anyway, let's let's look at just the legacy of Harry Parch Parchment, Daniel Mitchell, where when he was at the University of Illinois. Parch made Mitchell his heir. Mitchell serves as the executive director of the Harry Parch Foundation. Uh, Dean Drummond and his group New Band took uh, charge of Parch's instruments and performed his repertoire. Mm, Um, Very cool. Yeah. Uh, Parch's tonation is an obstacle as it mixes a sort of tablature with indications of pitch ratios. Oh, interesting. You know, just sure. Uh, (laughs) It makes it difficult for those trained in Western, traditional Western notation, and gives no visual indication of what the music is intended to sound like. That's, yeah, that's actually some shit that, um, you remember, uh, do you
0: remember now, now the great, uh, Dr. Uh, Pinato at school? That was what he was uh, doing his doctorate at, like, at some conservatory in Boston, was about this sort of, like, writing basically writing so differently that you like the music could be interpreted differently, even though it's the same piece of music. And like, that's how he wrote stuff like that shit was. And like Dr. Lakata did that as
1: well. That stuff was so mind blowing. Yeah. it's it's, it's, it's wild stuff. Um, Yeah. You know, even if you may not particularly like listening to it, it's good to expose yourself to just something interesting and just to, just to show that, you know, not everything is, you know, the same. And Western music isn't the only type of music. There's so right. many different kinds of music. And uh, even if you may not like it, you may at least be inspired by it because then you can see, like, right. just to give you a new perspective on music itself.
0: You know, I actually want to go to the Sousa Foundation for American Music. Uh, I mean, I have no other reason to go to Urbana, uh, Illinois, but I re- I want to check that out. I want to, because you know, <clears throat> you know, as for better for worse, John Philip Sousa was probably one of the most important American composers just ever, mm-hmm. and was, and I'm sure that it's a, a wild ass time going to that museum, and I just want to nerd out. That'd be so fun. Yeah,
1: I would love to see like. Uh, harry Potter's instruments yeah that i would love to see actually yeah you guys should look up pictures of it because it's it's wild stuff it's i love it yeah it's very cool all right so um on to you
0: this one i particularly i might even watch later and i'm very excited about it because i was um I was just kind of, I was just kind of deep diving on some stuff uh, yesterday. I had some drinks and I watched some horror what? movies as you do.
1: What? And uh, have you heard of this movie Sleepaway Camp? Yeah, I even. I, it's funny. I think the only reason why I know <clears> the <throat> ending to Sleepaway Camp is because they do a sketch about it. Uh, with, oh, with Robot Seth Chicken. The, Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> they did a sketch about uh, Sleepaway Camp, so I know the ending. But uh, continue. It's so in the
0: zeitgeist of important American, uh, uh, important American like horror genre films. Sleepaway Camp is probably, it's like this, and it's in the slasher thing. So you've got like you know you've got your Nightmare on Elm Street, you've got your Friday the Thirteenth, you've got your yeah. Halloween. Sleepaway Camp is right up there. I would say even the town that's afraid of dark or whatever. That's another one that's very important in this I sort heard of, of that one. Oh, man. That's so it's so crazy because it's actually based on a real killer that was killing people in the Texarkana in like the Texarkana border states. And right. it was uh, it was only killing people in this town. And it was like he would like pop up and kill people after dark. And so they made a movie about it based on a real occurrence. But then they remade a movie about the movie. And it's very heady, but it's just it's a really, it's another kind of like really important. Um, I wouldn't even say indie film, but it's not major production. It um, very, very Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm. sort of in that, in that, in that sort of you know. And actually, that makes me that makes me that makes me think. I really want to rewatch some uh, some some Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just good shit.
1: Okay, yeah. the, the first one
0: is a great movie. Oh, fantastic! It's it has everything. Um, uh,
1: that's actually. Uh... What's his name? Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. That's like the first movie he showed his to be wife when they were oh, first oh. hanging out, and she's like, "Did I just? Did I just go on a date with a serial killer?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, that that's the guy that directed the movie Drive is probably his biggest. Oh movie, yeah! Right, anime, right, right. Beyond Demon and all that. Just wanted to throw that out there. Just I just watched a documentary about him recently that his oh. wa- his wife did about him. Oh, um, which was very cool. I just thought that was just like a funny little fact that that's like the movie he he's like, let's have a first date, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like that's with, crazy. with like no warning. <laughs> Gosh. Man, if I would have done that on my first date, I would not
0: be dating the person I am dating. Yup. Mm. Any... So, Sleep... so Sleep Boy Camp, it's a 1983 American slasher film uh, directed by Robert Hiltzik. Let's just see what else yeah, Robert we'll, Hiltzik has we'll done. See. Not a whole lot. <clears throat> no. He <laughs> he did uh, Sleep Boy Camp and then returned to Sleep Boy Camp. Boy, boy. God. Tish's Finest. All right. It's uh, the first film of the Sleepaway Camp series, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, the only one that's good. It tells the story of a young girl sent to a summer camp that becomes a site of a series of murders shortly after her arrival. Stars Phyllisa Rose, Catherine Cam He, Paul D'Angelo, and Michael Kellan in his last screen appearance, and Christopher Collet in his first. Uh, it was released during like the heyday of the slasher movies. It was uh, The film is infamous for its twist ending, considered one yeah. of the genre's most shockings. Um, you know, it was. It has a pretty cult, big cult following.
1: Once you get, once you know the sh- the ending, you're like, right. "Wow, this is this ending did not age well in the uh, no. in the zeitgeist of today." No, it did not.
0: <laughs> um, there are there are three other sequels: there's Sleepaway Camp on Happy Campers, Sleepaway Camp Three, Teenage Wasteland, and Return to Sleepaway Camp. Um, I would say you can probably watch the first one, and that's it. Uh, I don't really want to ruin the plot. I think it's definitely worth it yeah. to check this whole uh, movie out. It's very good. Um, however, <clears throat> uh, I will not even go further into the analysis because it is actually that would ruin the the ending. Um, but and, and uh, just let's
1: just say it doesn't age well.
0: <clears throat> does not age well. Um, but the the filming actually took place in Argyle, New York, near Summit Lake. And I don't know if you've ever actually no. been there. It's um. I've been there it's actually it's close to Glen Falls it's really nice over there it's very beautiful like they have a lot of they actually have a lot of sleepaway camps up there um kind of back during um uh, during like the Borscht Belt days, there are a lot of Jewish camps up there as well. So it's ah. like the capital region has a lot of that as well. Cause that's kind of that in that sense. region. Um, yeah. Also I can highly recommend, um, as someone from upstate New York, uh, Albany area, the capital region, while Albany itself kind of sucks, uh, the capital region has some of the most beautiful uh, lakes that are just there. And you can Airbnb stuff pretty cheaply, um, huge fan. Uh, so yeah, near Summit Lake at the camp formerly known as Camp uh in the interviews uh, with the screenwriter and director said that he had attended the camp as a child, uh, and the film was uh, was filmed in five weeks, starting in September 1982 and in October on a budget of three hundred fifty thousand dollars. So, uh, I think it's it is, I think it made
1: eleven million dollars. <throat>
0: yeah, it did pretty well. That's pretty um, great. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it, the reception so. Um, unreleased the, the film uh, frequently compared to Friday the 13th as sort of like a whodunit also it's takes place. Camp. camp. yeah, sort of. That's, that's it was sort of in that sort of sphere. Um, and it was, I, th- I believe, a few years after the first Friday the 13th. Um, the choreo journal characterized the film as a low-budget slasher slas- for the Friday the 13th mold with teenage mayhem at summer camp. Um, you know, It was deemed tasteless, uh, you know, picture about a mysterious murder in a summer youth camp. Um, I feel like most people just considered
1: horror movies tasteless.
0: Yeah, you know, that's the the bad rap uh, that, unfortunately, the genre just gets... um, Rotten Tomatoes actually gives a 78% approval rating and, uh, you know, the average rating is about 6.4 out of 10. So it's definitely not the worst. Um, it's, you know, Sleepaway Camp is a standard teen slasher elevated by occasional moments of John Waters-esque weirdness and a twist ending. Uh, you know, Metacritic gave it, uh, you know, 58 out of a hundred, which, you know, indicates it's, you know, pretty good. You know, it's the, it's really has this big cult following and, um, You know, film scholar Bartholomew. Pot I'm not. I didn't hit that Polish very well. It's an exceptionally bad movie, but it's a very good slasher. And uh, the film, the film was featured on um, the the episode 48 of the podcast. How does this get made? If you guys don't check that out, that's one of my favorite. Paul Sheer and Jason Bandzukis oh, yeah. and June Diane Raphael and guest host Zach Perlman uh, struggled to decipher the film's opening moments due to ambiguous relationships established at the beginning of the film. Sheer later recalled that it had one of the most uh, fan
1: requested it had been one of the most fan requested films by landslide um, <clears throat> I I sometimes listen to that podcast to go to sleep like certain episodes yeah. are just so good and just so comforting like right I love I love when they talk about drop dead Fred is a good yep. one yep. Um, another favorite is lawnmower man just because there's so many <laughs> problems with lawnmower man right right because right it's based on a not the short story Lawnmower Man, but based on another script that they then just threw together with just making the main character a lawnmower man attendant. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: And in general, I think that everything Paul Shear does is very smart and he's one of yes. the hardest working actors. I just, Paul Shear and Jason Manzucas are probably two of my favorite people in general and they're yeah. my favorite guests on Doughboys as well. So Doughboys, it all just comes absolutely. back.
1: It always you, comes back to double boys
0: now I know you didn't I know you didn't you're not a big football guy nope. but uh but uh Mitch Mike Mitchell was uh NFL Santa Claus this year and for the hol- holidays and it was fantastic and i can't I can uh I, I I love that I love following that man's career um he's turning forty this year big four wow. zero um so yeah that's that sleepway camp highly recommend um it's just, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. Uh, I, I feel like we did a good job of not, um, not giving away the surprise ending, but like we said, it does not age well at all.
1: Yes. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna switch it up to some smut. Um, Um, we're gonna talk about the UK Adult Film and Television Awards. Now, you know, you know, I didn't know that they had television shows uh, that uh, broached the subject.
0: you know uh, I think that uh, that the adult entertainment industry while I am a um, a recipient of the media, uh, I'm not in that world i I don't know
1: i I, mean... I mainly I mainly just want to read some of the titles of the movies <laughs> yep. um, for your thighs only. Fantastic, right? French heat. Uh, Let's see, Uh, (laughs) French heat. Just it's so it's so general. Like that could be like the name of like an indie movie. Just French heat. I I love it. uh, Jim slip, (laughs) (laughs) bound, gagged, and shagged. Oh, don't kiss me, just fuck me. Okay. Well, ah. Well, Ah! excuse me. whoops (laughs) Whoops! <laughs> it's just never gotten here. Knob uh, the Builder. Oh my <laughs> God! What? Uh, hug a hoodie. That doesn't sound like one. Oh, break them in nine. Oh Jeez. no! <laughs> that, not only that, that's number nine. Uh, I, there's <laughs> eight other break them ins. <laughs> this
0: is just. This is giving me a lot, and I am <clears throat> very happy. I actually, I
1: actually kind of want to check some of these out. See if there are uh, any. You know, they're award-winning movies. Thanks. You know, um <laughs> we're just trying to support the award winners, okay? Okay. Uh, he, listen, I I am a firm believer that,
0: you know, sex work is real work and uh yep. I know we can get I know we can get porn for free, but I suggest paying for it. Um I did do one only fans for one month. I treated myself. Hey, it was hey, annoying cuz there was a paywall, but I was like,
1: "You know what? I did it." <clears throat> hey, support 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 them support, support. uh dr screw two that means there's a dr screw one um which makes me happy uh let's see let's see uh, get your rocks off of course great saint teen comes
0: <laughs> spanking tomato road trip 18 escher Ooh, soundtrack soundtrack uh let's see strap on
1: sex tape oh all oh, right oh my
0: all right. Uh, so, well, we
1: we we covered what I wanted to cover. I just, uh, I just had to bring it up, and uh, you know, I had to make sure everyone knew that there was the UK Adult Film and Television Awards, and they only had three years of uh, giving awards,
0: and you then know what? Uh, it was just too powerful. It it was just, <laughs> you know, I know that I know that this is you know probably incorrect, but I just imagine. That they give awards for like the best Johnson, and the best Johnson goes, goes to. Two? Oh yeah, Reginald <laughs> Handlebar Mustache the Third.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yes, good. You know, I. You, you, you know, know, you know, yeah, you, you know.
0: Uh, we're gonna obviously link to all of this. Um, I kind of just want to check out some of these uh, actors and actresses, see what else they've done, kind of see their
1: their repertoire. What they work.
0: Um, yeah, I got, I got, uh, I got two short ones, one, one very short one, um, but I wanted to share because it is actually, uh, something that I, uh, that I, that I, that I fucked with. Um, it's this drink called Aguardiente, and, uh, it is the national drink of Colombia. Um, for people that don't know, I spent, um, the end of last year in Colombia, I went to a wedding, and the, uh, the, the groom is from Colombia, Santi, Santi, one of the sweetest men, but every single time we went out, bottles of this shit just showed up and you just take shots of it. And it's an anise flavored liquor deriving from sugar cane. Um, it is pretty much, so the name agradiente roughly translates to on fire liquid basically, or on fire hot or like hot water. And they used to drink, um, they used to drink it uh, basically gorillas used to drink it to stay warm while they were like going through the jungle to try to, you know, like uh, usurp governments and whatnot. Um, pretty much you just take shots of it and you do lots of it. And it, uh, it does a ton, it, it does a lot and it's good. And uh, it got me into trouble one night uh, after the wedding because it was just like, the dad was just walking around with the bottles of it being like, oh, yeah, do shots, do shots. Um, fantastic drink. Um, I'm not a big shots person, so this it was actually it was. I really enjoyed it. Um, but then I just wanted to kind of Captain Boomerang. Everyone's favorite sure. Captain Boomerang, George Digger Harkness. Uh, he's a super villain and he is in the Suicide Squad. Uh, for those oh, of you yeah, that
1: the awful, awful yeah. one. Oh, yes. man. What a trash yeah. buyer.
0: What a trash fire! So Captain Boomerang, uh, if you haven't guessed it, he has a boomerang. And, oh, he was also uh, in
1: the sec. He was also in the second one.
0: Yeah, yeah. He got oh. he he. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen it, he gets killed like straight this- away.
1: Oh, okay. Well, the second one was good.
0: Yeah, second one was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really liked it. Um. So yeah, basically, uh, he is a uh, <laughs> he's an Australian. Uh, he's an Australian guy with a boomerang because you know Australian boomerang. Yeah, I know. Go figure. Um, you know, there's there's a lot more that I'm willing to Whoa. go into, but uh, that is you know, too
1: much actually.
0: He's he's been around, Captain Boomerang. Um, you know, his his weapon it comes back. It comes back to you, and uh, he is kind of like one of the. He's actually um, he's actually like kind of one of the first uh, Suicide Squad uh, members. So he's been around for a bit. Um, I just can't I just can't I, I definitely don't want to go into all of this, but um, I do like uh, how the, uh, the 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 Captain Boomerang that I know is the one from Arrow portrayed by Nikki Terabay.
1: Um, Arrow, a show that is both great and bad. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but they somehow. But then made it gets it... really bad. At, then, it gets horrible, yes. then it gets horrible. yes. it goes from hey, this is great with cheesy love scenes, and yep. then it then it's just bad. Uh, yeah, after the cri- I think it's like after the Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, crossover, yep. <clears throat> that's when that show real takes takes a big old shit.
0: And uh, of course, everyone knows the Suicide Squad. Uh, the uh, Suicide Squad. Um, that just came out recently is uh, Jai Courtney and I think he does an excellent job as Captain mm-hmm. Boomerang um, also in the it Lego that DC that movie
1: wasn't the actor's fault it was the story and the direction <laughs> yeah and it's like
0: don't make Will Smith Deadshot that's just not where we're gonna be here I, don't do that that was just a bad choice don't do that! And uh, I can't tell you uh, how how upset I was that you'd like put all this money and production into such a stinker, and it's still won. It's still won uh, an Academy Award, though.
1: For what? Best costume
0: design, okay. or best, or something like that. It was like it was like either it might have been best soundtrack because they did oh. have a fire soundtrack or something.
1: I mean that I have to say that movie has way too many uh, music drops. Like, so like yeah, there's like eighteen. Needle drops in like the first half an hour. I agree. It's like okay, calm down. It's a lot, but uh, but yeah, just Captain
0: uh Captain Burring. Check him out. Check out su- the new Suicide Squad uh, that just came out. Um, I can't. I can't. Uh, uh, James I can't Dunn is enough. great. enough. Yeah, he's yeah. he made he made me care about B listers, and uh, that's that's what he does. I mean you know offensive tweets aside uh you know he knows how he knows how to make the hell out of a movie and uh I can't wait to see whatever comes next uh so yeah that was
1: those are my stuff do you have do you have another uh, I got I another? got one last one get we're it, gonna, get we're it gonna make it nice we're gonna have a nice soft landing with this one Ooh. uh we're gonna talk Ooh. about Otis Blue Otis Rang Sings Soul Oh, Otis Blue, Otis Redding. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Otis Redding, one of my favorites. Uh, How can you not? Exactly, and it's pretty interesting because it's mostly cover songs of blues and love ballads. Uh, I might have mentioned this earlier in the podcast. I don't remember, but I did get to see when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I I got choked up because I... Didn't expect this, but I saw they had a piece of the plane that crashed that had Otis Redding in it. Oh shit! And I like literally just started crying in public. Wow! Uh, I I just was I just wasn't was expecting re- yeah. that. Um, anywho, uh, when I I think when we were walking in, they were playing. Uh, they were playing one of his big songs. It's the song that the Blues Brothers play. Um, Turn me loose. Oh, that's a great song. That's it's a great song. Um, Yeah, I agree. So the song, oh well, so one of the few original, actually, I think the only original song. No, the first two songs are original. Um, The most famous original song that's on it is Respect. Yes, which uh, I know that would. Where everyone knows that Aretha Franklin did it, yep. and whether they know that's a cover song or not, he basically. A lot of people don't. Yeah, which he basically said to Aretha, like, "It's your song now." Yeah, which is but pretty cool. He did retain the rights because, believe it or not, my company
0: represents that song and represents uh, uh, Otis Redding uh, the third, uh, who has
1: uh, a lot of the a lot of the catalog as well as their own music that's awesome yeah um yeah i would i would definitely check out that he does a cover of rolling Stone's satisfaction it's really good um it's considered uh in the in rock and roll i'm sorry rolling stones magazine's 500 greatest albums of all time it's number 78 and Mm -hmm. for time magazine it's number 92 out of 100 um, yeah, I mean that's, that's that's it's a good it's a very very good album. I, I have to say it's one of my favorite. Yeah, Stax Records. In case you don't know, is one of the most important soul record labels uh, around. It had some of the biggest acts ever. You know. Yeah. Definitely looking Stax Stax Records. Uh, the background is the Stax Records president. Jim Stewart uh, had released "O's Rings," These Arms of Mine. That's a great song. A great song. As a single, hearing him sing an audition in 1962 when it charted, he signed Redding to the le- record label. Uh, the moderately successful LP, Pain in My Heart, which is another great song. Um, and the great Otis Redding sings soul ballads, followed with both Selling Well <laughs> and the R&B LP charts published on Billboard, although not its pop counterpart. Perhaps for a third album soon uh, after, which would serve as Redding's second to be released on Vault Records, a subsidiary of Stax. Very Um, cool. It it also had, uh, of course, the Stax house band Booker T and the MGs. Ugh. Uh, Just, what can I say? The best. Yeah,
0: they had, I think we even talked about Donald Duck Dunn yep. on a previous episode, yes. so that's awesome.
1: And they had Isaac Hayes on piano. Ooh, oh. excuse me. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Isaac Hayes, He, I, de- I really know he released a bunch of stuff on Stax Records, which I definitely <clears> listened <throat> through a long time ago. Um, it's it's wonderful, what can you say? You know, yeah. just li- listen to more soul music. Like yeah, that's, and uh, that's what the, I'm trying. That's that's the whole point of this podcast. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say is listen to more soul music.
0: Yeah, I mean they've got, um I mean, God, my girl the Smokey Robinsons tune. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, talk about ah oh, th- this Ugh. Otis Redding does does everything for me. Um, and even like uh his version of Sam Cooke's Change Gonna Come, everything mm-hmm. for me. So. This is a uh, man. Yeah, it's got such
1: high. It's got such high ratings. Uh, <laughs> for a reason. For a fucking reason. Because he's great. Uh, I I hate to just keep saying this album's great, but it is. It's what can you say? Yeah. Yeah. Listen to it. You and uh, <laughs> and shout out and shout out to uh, Rock and
0: Roll Hall of Fame being in the clea. Shout out to our friend Doctor Doctor Joe. Dr. Joe Limberg, we love you. We missed you. you. I want to see. I want to see you very, very soon. I want to go get fried chicken and bowl with you sometime. Mm. Miss you.
1: Miss you bits. So I want to kiss you on the lips. Woo! Woo! All right. So uh, let, let's end it here. Um, good note. Good note. Fantastic note. You know, go out there and learn your dingus. Go listen to soul music. Watch horror movies. Uh, you know, listen think of microtonal music even if you don't listen to it just think about it just think about it you know there's uh, there's a lot there's a
0: lot we gave you this week but uh, you know we love you uh, go out there and learn something um, you can find uh, you, you can find us on socials uh, the well that's new underscore correct or well yep. that's well that's new underscore uh, you've got myself on Instagram at uh, grow underscore music and <clears throat> where are we finding you these days
1: Aaron on, I'm doing, I'm, I'm under Aaron underscore Hockman underscore. I've been working on a lot of AI-generated art recently, which has it's been good very, very fun to do. Um, yeah, so just follow us on all those, all those socials, and, uh, you know, I love you. Be, be well, uh, you know, wash your hands, wear a mask, be good. And
0: uh, thank you. Go out there and learn something, you dingus. Dingus. Bye. <laughs>